real privilege with them. And I realize some people say, you know what, that's a little bit kind of rock and roll for my flavor. You know, I understand everybody's got different flavors, but you realize that church and culture changes, right? Uh, again, nothing stays the same in terms of just how you do things. You know, methods change, but the message always stays the same, right? And so, we, again, we just adapt concerning our methods just so that the message can be relevant. So, again, thank you for those that serve. I say our worship team is amazing, but we've got amazing children's ministry, uh, amazing team members here. And so, man, I'm telling you what, we couldn't do what we do without amazing people. And so, thank you so much for those of you that serve and made today this Easter service a, a special one as well for all of our new guests and visitors. So, hey, listen, if you don't know who I am, I am Tony Umber. I pastor this wonderful church along with my wife. You saw her earlier. Her name is, is Kelly. She's my queen. She's my, uh, she's my everything besides Jesus. I mean, she's uh, a man. She just makes me smile. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But again, we just counted an honor and a privilege to pastor this church. And to everyone that's listening online, we just want to say welcome to them, to our online church audience. Amen. And so welcome to our Easter service today. Again, I realize that there's a lot of events and things that you're uh, doing today. In fact, how many of you got plans for after service? Wave at me. You got some plans, a lot of you do, some of you don't. So listen, if you didn't raise your hand saying, I got plans, you saw the ones that raised their hands. So just get with them, and you can say, hey, what time's dinner? We, <laughs> we don't have plans. <laughs> uh, but hey, listen, you know, I, I realize that, you know, when it comes to this time of year, uh, there's just a lot of busyness that goes on. You know, again, we, we start preparing for uh, Easter. There's things that we're doing, uh, getting ready for the Easter meal. And so I don't know if, if you're kind of like I am, but I, 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 I'm kind of a perfectionist. I like everything to be perfect, you know. And, and so therefore, uh, there, it can be stressful when you're trying to get everything done just so. You know what I mean? And, and so again, you might be in that place right now where you're thinking, uh, man, did I invite everybody over to the house today? Did, did, did everybody get the invite? Hopefully this year, you know, the, the Easter dinner will be event-free. We won't have any family drama or anything like that. You know, you're starting to think, man, did I get all the food right? Do we make, got to make any extra stops along the way before we get home? And I hope that the food turns out okay. And then again, you're starting to think about the kids. You know, the kids like the Easter baskets and did they get what they wanted and did they enjoy it or did they just get kind of gypped or whatever the case might be there's all this pressure right during this season because we want everything just to be so we want everything just to be perfect for the day right and in addition to that wanting everything to be perfect it's like oh yeah it's Easter I guess we got to go to church too <laughs> you know I guess since it's Easter we better put that on the calendar but then as we're sitting here in church and we're thinking, okay, I'm going to come to church and we're probably going to hear the standard kind of Easter service message, you know, it might be okay at best, but man, uh, we've got things that we got to get to. I hope pastor don't preach real long because, you know, dear God, I got I to gotta get home and get the food going, right? And so once again, we start thinking about all these things that have to be done and we start to feel the pressure of what we have to do. Does anybody feel the pressure this morning thinking, all right, is the crock pot, did I turn it on? 
did I, did I turn it on high or did I turn it on low? Oh, dear God, hopefully, hopefully it's going to be done when we get home. Right? Anybody like that? Do I have anybody that just wants everything to be perfect? Wave at me if that's the kind of person that you are. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but we all desire to have things to be done just so. You want things to be perfect. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that is really the, the message of Easter. Everything that we want in our own personal lives, we look at the things and we want them to be done just so. We want it to be done with perfection. We want it to be uh, done just right. And that is the message of Easter. Easter is all about perfection. It's all about the powerful truth of us being perfect before God. Amen. I said it's all about us being perfect before God. Now, that poses a challenge for us sometimes, especially if your personality tends to be the perfectionist. Again, wave at me. Are you a perfectionist? A lot of you out there are. Some of you are nodding at me say, yeah, I'm just, I'm too perfectionist. I just want to, I don't want to wave and make myself look funny. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I think a lot of us tend to be that way, as I said, being perfectionist in everything that we do. And if you realize that you are, you can also identify that in your personal life, you apply that perfectionism to so many different things, don't we? I mean, some of you, your car has to be perfection, has to be clean. Some of the moms say, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, maybe it's concerning your dress. You know, you just, you want to look just so. It's got to be perfect. Maybe when it comes to your house, your house has to be perfect. Maybe you guys, you know, when it comes to your yard, your yard has to be just so right? Maybe concerning your career, you want it to be perfect. Or maybe it's just in your hobbies. In your hobbies, you have to be perfect. Come on. I, now, I can speak from a guy's perspective, but you know, if I'm going to be a fisherman, I want to be a good fisherman. And if I'm going to catch a fish, I want to catch a fish bigger than yours, you know? <laughs> you know, if I'm going to be a hunter, I want to be the best hunter that I can. If I'm going to be a golfer, I want to be the best golfer that I can. Come on, any golfers out there? A couple of you, man, you, you know what it's like just to be a, you know, you want to hit the shot well and you want it to be perfect. And I don't know if you're like I am. When it comes to trying to be a perfectionist, it can be exhausting. Right? I mean, I'm telling you what, uh, sometimes when I'm golfing, that's one of the times that the, the old devil beats me up the most. I mean, I have a bad day at golfing. You know, like I said, I don't want to be perfect. I want to play better than the last time. And when I'm playing, it's just like the devil says, man, you can't play where the darn. You can't drive the ball. You can't putt the ball. You might as well just go home. You just wasted the last two hours on the golf course when you could have been doing something else productive, right? And then it starts bleeding over into other stuff. Man, you're a terrible dad. You're a terrible husband. You're a terrible pastor. I mean, it just is amazing how the old enemy uses those things or just that tendency to be perfect and work it against us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I think we all can relate to that in some form or fashion. Now, I said that when it comes to Easter, Easter is all about God bringing about the perfection of you and I, giving us the ability to stand before God being perfect. Now, that creates a dilemma for a lot of us because I realize that 
here today we might have new faces that we haven't seen or maybe we haven't seen faces in a while or for that matter all across america there are people that are in churches today because it is easter right and after today there's going to be a lot of people that won't go back to church after today because when i come to church i've got to be perfect when I come to church, it seems like there's all these expectations. And so until I get myself squared away, until I get my stuff figured out, I'm just going to wait until the next event or the next holiday to go to church when I, when I really should go to church. But in between that time, I just got to get my stuff worked out so that I can be right before God. And so therefore, when we come to church, these, there's, there's these expectations, and the expectations cause me to look at myself and say, man, I don't measure up. Or I come to church, and there's these expectations, and, and then I begin to identify, man, there's things that I struggle with, yet even though I struggle with these things, there's these expectations on my life, and I feel the weight of it when I come to church. When I come to church, there's these expectations of me to, to be committed to show up on Sunday morning. And Lord knows I got things to do on Sunday, right? And again, I think for many of us, we feel that pressure. We feel th this expectation that I got to somehow measure up. I've got to qualify I've got to act just so in order for me to be that model Christian. But every time I come to church, I feel the weight of the expectation. Here's what the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. It says, Arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That first part, it says, arise and shine. So it really means to brighten up. It means to get happy. It means to get excited. It says, arise, shine, for the light has come. Do you know what the light does? The light always reveals something. The light always exposes something, right? And it's like, exactly. That's why I don't like coming to church. Because every time I come to church, I feel like I'm getting exposed. I feel like I'm naked. I feel like everybody's looking at me, reading my mail. But notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that when the light comes, there ought to be something joyful about it, something that makes me happy, something that makes me brighten up. The light has come. Amen? And see, once again, the light was come to help reveal some things, but unfortunately... What we oftentimes do is we feel ourselves being exposed by that light. And as a result, I feel like I can't measure up. I feel like church is putting an expectation on me. But you realize church was not about preaching the do's and the don'ts. It was all about making a connection with you and God and God's family. Right? And how many of you know that Nobody likes to be judged. No, nobody does. Everybody does it, don't they? Well, not our church. Oh, yeah, you do. That's just human nature, right? I mean, you got people coming over to your church today, or over to your house today, and you've already started judging them before they ever got to your house. You're like, you know what? They always do this. They always say this. They always criticize my mashed potatoes. You know, we, we, we just naturally are that way. 
But that's not what God wants the light to be. The light was there not to be condemning, but the light was to really expose the fact that there is an answer that we need, and this light leads us to Jesus. Right? What it reveals is the fact that we need Jesus in our life. Now, you got to hear that the right way because you're saying, well, you could say, well, you're saying the same thing. No, the light isn't coming to be critical on where you're at. The light comes to reveal that you're exposed, and through that exposure, it reveals that there is a need. And therefore, it shines the light in the direction for us to begin to experience Jesus. So here's the why. Here's the why Easter is all about perfection. You know, the Bible tells us this. It says, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. So that means the person you're sitting next to and it means the person that you saw getting ready in the mirror this morning. Everybody has been in a fallen state and needs Jesus, right? And there was no sacrifice. There was no thing. There's nothing that you can do to fix your fallen state. There's not enough money that you could pay to make things right. There's not enough things that you could do or actions that you could perform to say to God, God, I've done enough to measure up. The light continually expresses and shows that you can't measure up by yourself. And the light was all about sharing and leading us to the answer, which is Jesus. Jesus is that perfect answer. Jesus was and is the answer for our imperfect state. Here's what it says over in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 14, it says, For by one offering he has preferred or perfected rather, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified or being set apart. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he has said before, this is the covenant that I'll make with them after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my law into their heart, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these there is no longer an offering for sin. Amen. Notice what it says. It says that Jesus came and that what Jesus came to do was to bring about a perfect solution. He was the perfect sacrifice. And as far as God is concerned, this issue of our fallen and mistaken and sinful place that we were in as far as God's concerned, he says there has already been something that purchased the price and paid the penalty for sin. And therefore, it's no longer a sin issue. It's no longer a mistake issue. It's no longer the problems that you might feel like you have that you haven't quite measured up yet. The Bible says that Jesus was everything that you needed to be able to stand before God. And God says, I can look at you and see you as though you don't have any fault. In fact, the Bible says this, is that Jesus looks at, or excuse me, God looks at what Jesus did and looks as though you did it yourself or that it was done for your account. Amen? He was the solution, the perfect answer 
to what it is that we have need of. Now, here's the thing. Remember, I started where we said that so many individuals will find themselves in church today. And please don't hear me as saying this and pointing a finger at anybody because that's not my heart. You've got to understand. I just realized that there's the facts, right? I said that as a result of being in church, again, we don't find ourselves being repeat customers because every time that I come, I feel like I don't measure up. I feel like I'm exposed. But here's where people find themselves. There are individuals that say, I believe in what he did. There are many people that say, you know what? I believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe that God sent Jesus to the earth for me. I believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for my sins. In fact, I even believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And there's all kinds of people that say, I believe in what he did. But there's a difference in believing in what he did versus receiving what he did. Do you see the difference? Because I can believe in what he did and still stand at a distance. Or I can receive what he did and draw close to him. You see, everything about Easter was to make everything perfect. And through the perfection of what Easter is all about, it allows me to be able to draw close to God. You see, God never intended us for us to come to church or live this life and feel as though we don't measure up. Let me just give you a little inside information. If it was based on you, you can't. You can't measure up. When it comes to you, you don't qualify. When it comes to you, there's nothing that you can do within yourself. It was all about Jesus. It was what Jesus did. It was the perfect gift of Jesus that made it possible for us to be able to draw close and to draw near to him. Now notice what Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 8. It says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. I want you to hear that again. This is Jesus speaking. He says, There are people that honor me with their lips. He said, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me and they worship me in vain because their teachings are merely human rules. You see, we hear this message of the gospel. We hear this message of the Easter celebration. And we pray a prayer and say, God, forgive me of my sins. You see, there's a hearing of the message and there's praying a prayer. But then there's a second part of Coming to know him. You see, if all I do is pray a prayer, but I never have the opportunity or take the time to get to know him, then I continue to live this life where I give lip service, but yet everything about the teaching, everything about church simply becomes rules. Right? I come to church and you tell me what I'm doing wrong. I come to church and I'm like, yes, I got to get my act together. But you realize that's not what it's all about. 
The light was never meant to say, you're messing up, you're making a mistake. The light was all about saying, listen, yes, in you and by yourself, you are a mess. But because of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, you now have the opportunity to come being perfect before God and receiving his love and having a relationship with him. And so, therefore, every time I come to church, I'm not coming to church feeling, oh, dear God, lighting did strike today. I got out safe, you know. Or, man, I know that pastor was talking right to me today. Somebody told him what was going on in my life. (laughs) See, that's not what God's about. God's all about telling you and for your, for your ears to hear that it's not me pointing out the wrongs in your life. It's exposing the fact that you need me. And that's why you're here. To say, I need Jesus. The whole purpose of Easter was about perfection. The first part of it was that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He was without sin. Therefore, he qualified to pay the price and the penalty. But the second part, not only was he perfect, he made you and me perfect. Let me bring your attention back to what we read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. It says, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified or set apart. So did you hear that? He is forever perfecting those that receive him. You say, is it a continual thing? I got to get more perfect today than I did yesterday? No. What he did paid the price for your perfection. The reality is, is that today, just maybe today, you're here and you've never received Christ. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few minutes to receive him. And therefore, the Bible says that there is continually perfecting that's taking place. Right? And so through him... The Bible says that once we receive him, he has made us perfect. You say, well, I still make mistakes. We all do. But it's because of the sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, that God now sees us through. And so he doesn't see you through your mistakes. He doesn't see how you acted with your husband or wife on your way to church on Easter morning. He just sees that the blood, the perfect sacrifice, was made for you. And therefore, when he looks at you, he doesn't look at your mistakes. He looks at your perfection. That's what church is all about. Is to help you not feel as though you don't measure up, but to help you to see that you do measure up because of Jesus. Amen? I hope that this isn't just a one and done kind of thing for you today. I hope that there's something that you hear this morning that compels you to say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know this God. Not just having believed, I want to also receive a relationship with him. Maybe you're here this morning and said, man, I have lived a life of feeling like I'm a failure. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'm telling you what. I am so hard on myself. I don't need your help. I'm telling you. I don't, I, there's nothing that somebody could say that would hurt my feelings more than 
some of the hard conversations I have with me. Where I'm just dogging myself. But you realize that's not seeing me the way God sees me. And that's all the reason more why coming to church allows me to change my focus. It allows me to see because of the light. The light allows me to see me the way God sees me. Can anybody say amen? Amen. So uh, now some of you might be saying, well, great. (laughs) Great, I'm expected to be perfect now that I come to church. (laughs) No, that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying at all. All that we're saying is this, if you'll purpose to make a commitment to God. You see, I said it's one thing to say, I believe in the perfect gift. But it's another thing in receiving a relationship that draws you into perfection. And that's what God wants. You might say, okay, well then what you're saying is that I've got to commit to something. What does it mean? To be committed. What do I got to commit to? Well, see, immediately when we start asking those questions, oh, I got to be committed. I got to go to church every Sunday. And, you know, it's going to be not too long. We're going to start asking for money. You know, that's what churches do. I'm expected to be this and that. But the moment we start making those statements or having that conversation, you know what that conversation really reveals? It starts turning the lens back on me again. What do I got to do? What is expected of me? And it becomes about me again. But God says, listen, it's not about you. I just want to have a relationship with you that you can begin to understand how free you really are. How awesome you really are. How loved you really are. How perfect you really are in my sight. Therefore, you don't have to come to churches feeling, oh, God, it's so awful because I feel so yucky. You can come and say, God, I can come and worship because of what you've done in me. Amen? Now, what about being committed? What about this commitment thing? Well, I just want to express some commitment that he made towards you. Do you know that God's committed to you? He is. The Bible tells us that there was a time where you were lost in sin. And now... Now that you were lost, you can be found. He's committed to go to the deepest depths, the darkest valleys. He's he's looking for you. He's wanting to connect with you. In regards to his commitment, you might say, I feel like I have to strive for perfection, but it's not about you being perfect. It's about allowing him to be perfect through you. What did he do to commit to you, or what is his commitment to you? His commitment to you has changed the destiny of, There was a destiny for all of us apart from Christ that we're all going to hell. But he said, I've come to make that which was wrong and make it right. He said, I've prepared a place for you and it's heaven. Do you realize that hell is a real place? But hell was never a place intended for God's kids. It was only for the devil and those that followed him. But apart from receiving the perfect gift... Those that don't receive, their destination doesn't change. But the moment that we receive Christ, our destination, our final home, our address changes. Amen? Now, not only that, 
my timeline changes. Everybody's worried about this commitment thing. You know, I've only got so much time, Pastor. You know, don't expect me to be too committed because I only got so much time. Listen, his commitment bought you all the time that you could ever need. He bought you eternity. I said, he gave you an extended length of time, and it's eternity. Amen. And so if you truly have a desire to know him, it just begins now. And whatever you don't do here, you're going to do later, right? Come on, how many of you know that God wants us to have fun for eternity? Many times we look, we look at this life that this is the only fun that I can have. I'm never going to get to do that again. Listen, you get to do it for eternity. Come on, how many of you know that, that man, I, I plan on playing on the water in heaven. I don't know if they've got like angelic motorboats or whatever. I'm... <laughs> I'm going to be on the water. I like hunting and fishing. I believe that we're going to be hunting and fishing. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be golfing with Jesus, man. I'm telling you. Come on. I'm telling you, God wants us to experience this life. But this life isn't over when we die. It just begins, and the best is yet to come. And we're so worried about this commitment or being committed and what it looks like. But listen, I'm telling you, a commitment or committing is something that you are eager to do when you enjoy it. This is where the rubber meets the road. Come on, when's the last time you told somebody about a restaurant that you enjoyed? We all do it. How many of you have ever shared or told somebody, man, I got a great deal on some insurance. You ought to check out my guy. Right? Or you, you, you got a good deal uh, uh, at at the, uh, uh, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> got a good deal at Bass Pro, come on, and all the guys said, thanks, Ben, thank you, right, so what am I saying, it's not a big deal when I enjoy what I do, Bass Pro Shop going fishing, it don't bother me to tell somebody about, man, this, this fishing hole is the place, man. You want to go hang out with me? You want to go spend the afternoon with me? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Listen, when I enjoy doing what I'm doing, it's not a commitment. It's an enjoyment, right? Because I'm experiencing life, and it's a part of the perfection that God has made available. But then I, all of a sudden, I start looking at church and this life with God. is like, oh, dear God, I got to be committed. <laughs> what has he done for me lately? Um, I don't know, <laughs> what, what, has he done, what has he done for you lately? But you see, it all comes back to that relationship. I can pray a prayer and say, I believe in what he did, but did I receive what he came to do? When I come and I receive what he came to do, then it changes everything. It's not about me having to measure up. I already do because of him. It's not about me trying to be perfect. I already know that I am. And he reveals that through the light. And it's exposed every time that I come to church, every time that I pray, every time that I read my Bible. I find out about who I am because of what he came to do. And it doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel good. And when I come to church, it's not that I have to. I get to. And, man, I get to hang out with some of the greatest people. Oh, come on. In fact, for that matter, some of you got to change some of the friends you've been hanging out with, and here's a good place to get some good friends. Yeah. Amen. I know we don't like change, but, man, some change is good. Some change is needed, right? 
if you're questioning on some of them, just ask me, and I'll tell you which one's in here to stay away from, all right? <laughs> don't, go, don't go hanging out with that one. <laughs> Amen. Are you, are you tracking with me? You see, God wants us to begin to experience this life that he came to give. Easter is all about perfection. And I want you to know that if you've received Christ, then you are perfect in his eyes. And God did not send Jesus as an obligation. He did it because he loves you. When it comes to us coming to church or having a relationship with God, listen, if it feels like it's an obligation, then I want you to really ask yourself, have you met him yet? Have you received him yet? Have you got a relationship with him yet? Or do you just believe in what he came to do? Because when it's a reality, when it's real, when you truly experience the forgiveness of sin that made you perfect, there's such a joy that says, I don't have to, I get to, I'm not obligated to, I love it when I get to. Amen? And it's all about what Jesus came to do. To give us life and life more abundantly. Will you stand with me? I know each and every one of us have things that we like to do. Do you know it's important to hobby well? Do you know what I mean by that? It's important for all of us to find things that we enjoy to do. And you're unique in yourself. But do you realize that whatever you do to hobby well, you don't have to do it alone. You can do it with Jesus. Amen? I said you can do whatever you enjoy doing and doing it with Jesus. And he'll help you be the best at whatever it is. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just simply want to challenge you this morning and I really want you to hear my words because there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun eternity is for real heaven is a destination it's a home it's a home that God wants you to experience but he also wants you to experience that life right now if you felt like your relationship with God has been an obligation, then once again, I want you to ask yourself, have I really met Him truly? Have I really invited Him into my life? Because if you truly met the Creator of the universe, the one that loves you, the one that sent Jesus for you, the one that knows your beginning from the end, if you truly met him, a relationship with God would not be an obligation. It would simply be a commitment of a heart. And so if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never received Christ, if you've never asked him to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to forgive you of your sins, then in just a moment, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here this morning and you say, I think I did. Listen, I don't want you to leave here this morning 
thinking, hoping, and wishing that maybe you did, maybe you should have, maybe you could have. I want you to leave here today knowing that this Easter on 2019, you received the perfect gift and you became perfect before God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I was walking with God and I haven't really walked with God in a long time. I haven't been committed to God since I don't know when. Then I want to just give you the opportunity to be reintroduced to Jesus. Because I'm telling you what, living life with Jesus is far better than without. It is such a journey. It is so much fun. It is so exciting. It is so real. And I just want to invite you and give you the opportunity to be reacquainted with Jesus. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to ask to raise your hand on any of those examples that I gave. If that hits home with you, with where you're at, when I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand. Now, I'm going to just simply ask you to raise your hand so that you can make an acknowledgement before God. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. This is between you and God. But at the raising of your hand, I'm going to simply acknowledge you. And then at the end, we're going to pray. And it's going to be your defining day. So on the count of three, anybody that I talked to, that you said that was me that you was talking to, and I want to receive, and I want to pray, and I want to experience true Easter today. On the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand real high for me, please. There you go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, you can put them down. I see those hands. Ten, I saw that one over there. Anybody else that you thought you should have, you wanted to, you didn't that first time around? I see that hand way back there. Thank you, sir. Praise God. I see that hand. Thank you very much, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody else? You're saying, yeah, I, I, I want this to be my day. Listen, I'm telling you, this is a decision that will change your life. You will not regret this decision. It will bring about joy. It will bring about peace. It will bring about freedom that you've never experienced before. So one more time, if you wish you, you, you would have, you should have. This is your last opportunity. I see that hand. Yes, anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You can put it down once you put it up. Amen. All right, everybody, let's pray this prayer together. If you didn't raise your hand, but you want to pray this prayer, it's really a matter of your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, everybody in this room, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Easter that it represents your perfect gift. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay my penalty for my sins. I believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave on the third day. I believe he's alive and therefore I receive salvation, forgiveness, perfection right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and be my friend. 
in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life